Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to the uh, Digital Optimist podcast. This is Scott Klosowski. It's time for another episode. We're still working through the uh, Quantified World series, and we got at least a couple more. Today, we're going to be talking about the Quantified Workplace. Now, once upon a time, I was a job candidate, brand new, out of high school. Uh, Now, I had jobs in high school, but let's set those aside, because now we're talking about I'm out of high school, uh, and now we're playing for real. I show up, uh, and I have a paper resume. It doesn't have much on it. It's 1980. Now, I had moved from Cleveland, Ohio to Oklahoma. I had long, curly hair that was left over from being in a rock band uh, when I was in high school. The interviewer in Oklahoma looked at me and said, hey, you need to cut your hair cut. In fact, I seem to recall him saying something like, son, you need to cut your hair if you're going to fit in. It was something like that. Then he asked me about five questions. I answered him. He told me come back with short hair and I could have the job. I've had short hair ever since, by the way. Uh, The next job that I applied for I showed up with my uh, paper resume and three references on the bottom of it. I uh, learned to add those. Uh, interviewer asked me five questions and then told me I was overqualified for the job. It was a, in a manufacturing plant and uh, I was just applying to work on the manufacturing floor. Now remember, you know, I'm I'm still probably just about 18, almost getting ready to be 19 at this time. Uh, and being told I was overqualified for a job that would be more per hour was disappointing pointing at first, but now I look back and he did me a huge favor by saying, hey, hey, you don't have any business working here. You could do something better. He ended up being absolutely right. Uh, And it's amazing what people learned from just the five or so questions and the paper resume that they asked for back in those days, because that was very little information on a candidate. Now, it's obviously a very different world now. Before a candidate ever shows up, the interviewer's likely done a search, found a plethora of background information across all kinds of different sites that they can use online. There's a huge problem if there's no information on somebody, uh, and there's just as big a problem if there's a lot of information that could be negative. Now, especially if the candidate is up for a mid to high level position, then looking at what they're saying or what they have said online, uh, what people think of them online, who their friends are, is a way to measure people that we just simply didn't have when I was telling you the stories about what it was like when I was 18. It's amazing today what we can do. Now, I think about this again as just a type of technology surveillance. Uh, and if it just ended there for employees, yeah, that people, when you were a candidate, could look up and see what you've done, uh, then careers would be simpler. However, remote work uh, and a drive for hyper-efficiency is extending the quantification of employee performance, starting to be somewhat like a science fiction world uh, with a digital big brother. And what I mean by that is, if people understood 40, 50 years ago, Ago, what employers were able to do today to quantify uh, a worker, uh, they would be shocked. I mean, absolutely shocked about the level of digital surveillance that is possible. Now, I think about the poster child for this uh, being, you know, Amazon and Amazon's warehouses and the oversight of the workers as exhibit one. And I'm not even going to talk about the fact that they had a run where an AI was measuring worker performance and was uh, firing people uh, automatically if they didn't uh, if they didn't actually measure up. I mean, let's set aside that, uh, but just think about the extreme measurement of the warehouse worker's productivity. Uh, And then let's change to uh, a job for a a work-from-home person that has to invent a mouse jiggler. If you haven't heard of a mouse jiggler, it's a device that jiggles the mouse every uh, so often randomly because uh, some companies are using a piece of software to monitor workers. uh, And so uh, in order for the worker to show that they're working, if they really weren't, they use the mouse jiggler to trick 
trick the system into believing they actually were working. Uh, and don't forget, uh, there's other software that actually takes a picture of the worker or takes a picture of the worker's screen, you know, every minute, every two, every five, uh, so that there can be a trail of what did the worker actually do. When I use the word surveillance, like job surveillance, that's absolutely what it is. And, and just an interesting study of leaders and workers, 87% of workers who work remote said that they believe that they are productive. Leaders are 12% confident that that is true. This is the reason why you have the quantification of the of the worker today is because of that mistrust of the leaders with a lot of people who are either working from home or even people who are just working in a warehouse or you know, working in a, in a large office. Now, in the last podcast, I talked a lot about a trust score. And so when I talked about a trust score, I said, look, the seeds are already planted of the of the trust. And so, you know, uh, we, we need to understand that uh, this is not anything, again, that, that's too science fiction-y. I just want to focus in this podcast on one aspect of trust that's really important to organizations, and that is the quantified employee. Now, for decades, the military and some large organizations uh, had payroll systems that categorize worker uh, by grade. Uh, we have a number of clients that, that still do that. Now, this may have been one of the original worker kind of quantifications, uh, because before we even had a bunch of technology, we had this, you know, fairly sophisticated scale that, that measured people based on their levels without much of a logic to the actual skills or the productivity of the individual. In other words, there could be a big mismatch between mm, I am an E5 vice president and that you really are valuable to the organization compared to uh, you're an E2 uh, worker, right? Now, I still watch clients to this day that try to shoehorn technology positions into these payroll and title systems in a way that makes no sense at all. Because when technology came along, it, it, we are constantly creating new job types. And a lot of times HR teams struggle to try to figure out how to fit those job types into their scales that they feel like they need to have in, other, in order to manage payroll. Now, I know they believe they're trying to make this uh, something that's logical. They're trying to make something that's fair by having these scales uh, for how, you know, how we grade workers. Uh, but I, my personal opinion is uh, as time goes on and as titles become less and less descriptive of what people really do, as titles become less and less important, then sticking with these rigid payroll models as far as how we quantify somebody is just going to become a sad relic from the past. Now, I know I may have just offended uh, some people in the HR world, or maybe I offended some people who worked really hard to get to a certain level in the military or a certain level in a large corporation. I'm just asking you to step back and look at this as one of the first forms of quantification. Uh, and does it really apply anymore with what's happening with the explosion of different kinds of titles that we have? It's certainly not working in the technology space where it's getting really difficult to try to figure out how do we, as I said, shoehorn some of the new titles into the old existing model uh, as far as the scale of how we uh, pay people. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking uh, it's impossible for one leader to watch over all their direct reports and quantify how much they're accomplishing or uh, the quality of the work. In other words, you have to have scales like this. You have to have surveillance. How else could one person have many people reporting to them uh, without just creating all kinds of layers and management and leadership, which is also a problem. And I get that, right? Uh, but I, I've got to say, uh, this is partly what AIs are for. And it is partly, I, I would guess, you know, what the worker surveillance, the good side of worker surveillance, uh, what it is for. And we're going to come back and talk more about this, about the goods, maybe the not so goods, uh, about worker surveillance, the quantification of the worker. All right. So the, the first step that we did, I think, when, you know, 
you know, after it was just how we graded people out and quantified them in an HR system, uh, was uh, the big step we made during COVID when we uh, started really uh, getting serious about work monitoring systems for remote workers. Now, we had some of these in various forms before that because we had some organizations that had already started moving to uh, more of a hybrid or a remote workforce. But obviously, it exploded in 2020. Uh, and although we made a, an interestingly quick shift into being able to continue to keep the economy running with people working from home, uh, there was that, don't forget, study I mentioned where 12% of leaders actually trust that people are getting the work done or as productive from home as they uh, as they seem to believe they are. Uh, I think the second step that happened during the pandemic was not only did we have the people working from home, but we had to rethink jobs and pay programs to make them more performance-based uh, because then we didn't have to worry about this mistrust. You know, we didn't get to watch over people and see what they were doing. So we just didn't have to worry about the mistrust of them if we move to a performance-based pay system. That way, hey, people got paid based on what they got done. If they only wanted to work an effective four-hour day, maybe that was all they could work if they had kids at home and they were having to do homeschool. Uh, this allowed people the freedom to work 12 hours a day or four hours a day or work in a highly efficient way or not in a highly efficient way. And so pay programs uh, migrated a little bit towards performance-based pay programs, uh, which theoretically should create a more fair playing field instead of giving people a straight salary or straight hourly, which doesn't account at all for how productive or how or how uh, smart people might have been able to work. All right, switching gears, uh, let's let's consider another quantification. That is the employee's physical state and location. And this is one that is just starting to happen now. And I've been saying for a few years, it's going to explode. And that is putting wearable devices on employees, especially employees who work outside, uh, who work in semi-dangerous jobs, so that you can monitor their physical state and their location. Uh, two easy examples of this would be uh, putting wearables on oil field workers, especially oil field workers who are working in the you know extreme cold or extreme heat, uh, where there's going to be uh, you know heavy physical toll on those workers. And it's the same thing with construction workers. So if you think, let's just take the example. You know, I'm, I'm in Oklahoma. It gets over 100 degrees here for you know two three months of the year. So during that time, if you're an oil field worker or a construction worker or any kind of maintenance worker that works outside, you have to deal with that extreme heat. And so another way that we can quantify our team members is to have them wear hair wearables so that we can see in real time what's their heart rate, what are their blood sugar levels, you know, are they uh, hydrated or not hydrated, you know, where are they physically, are they are they up and standing or are they down on the ground? Now, this is an interesting thing because when I talk about this type of quantification with audiences, uh, wow, two very different responses I get, you know, from leaders I get, well, this just makes sense. Uh, and then they also say, well, how long is it going to be until insurance uh, forces us to do something like this anyway? Uh, now, about half of the workers don't look at this as, hey, this is a benefit for me. Uh, they look at it as this is a dramatic uh, infringement of my personal rights. And there's no way I would wear a wearable so that the company could monitor everywhere that I'm at, uh, could monitor everything about my body. Uh, but again, I've been, as I said, I've been saying for years, this is coming. Whether people like it or not, I agree. Insurance companies are going to force organizations who have a high claim rates uh, to start wearing wearables just to try to keep them safer. Uh, and organizations won't have a lot of choice because they won't be able to be insured unless they put wearables on their workers, which means the workers will have to decide if they want to be quantified or not. And if they don't want to be quantified, they'll have to just move on to some other place. So you can probably see where I'm going with this. Uh, we are going to be quantified more and more on the way into a job and then during the job once 
we get there. Whether that quantification is physical quantification because we have a physical type job, whether that quantification is the, our work product and how well we do with the work product, uh, whether the quantification is uh, how we're studied when we actually go to work, uh, how we are quote unquote rated or indexed uh, as far as the quality work that we do. Uh, there's just absolutely no question that we're going to be quantified more and more on the job. Now, this is fair, don't you think? I mean, then again, I'm a business owner, so I'm really sensitive to people who get paid every two weeks like clockwork, but don't always feel the need to earn what they're getting paid. You know, again, exhibit one would be uh, the, the sickening um, concept that needs to get out of the press called quiet quitting. I'll be so glad when I don't hear that term anymore, right? Or exhibit two, people working multiple jobs from home without telling their employers, right? Again, is it not fair to quantify workers at a deep level and then pay them fairly based on what they're able to get done? Right? Is it not fair to be able to quantify a candidate deeply so that you can make the right decisions on bringing somebody onto your team or not onto your team? I mean, what is the argument against this other than, oh, hey, you're invading my privacy? But that comment of saying I'm, you're invading my privacy is going to start to pale. It's going to pale when we think about crime. And when people say, well, I don't want you to know anything about me uh, because you're invading my privacy, where the fact is, well, if we know more about you and everybody else, we can absolutely lower the crime rate. Uh, it's the same thing at work, right? Isn't it more fair if we have a full quantification on everybody coming into the organization and then what they're doing at the organization? Sure, it sounds fair. Uh, I'll come back to the argument about, uh, but what about privacy? Uh, I know sometimes it may seem like what I'm saying is that I don't believe there's any issue with privacy and that nobody should have any privacy. Uh, you know, and as Fahrenheit 451 as this podcast has sounded so far, you know, I, I absolutely believe that there is a right to a certain amount of privacy. And I also believe, you know, people should be able to have 100% privacy if they want it. It's just they're going to have to choose to opt out of the work world. You know, they're not going to be able to, to shake hands with an employer and say, well, I want to take your money, but you can't measure anything about me. You just have to pay me. I may give you a good day's work, but I may not. And that's none of your business because I don't want to be quantified. But it's never really been like that in the past. I mean, obviously we have always quote unquote quantified workers based on eyeballing what they're doing. It's just now we will have much more sophisticated measurement systems to really see what somebody is doing. And I have to tell you, I am optimistic about the fact that quantifying workers and work in the future actually will create a much more fair workplace, uh, will allow people to be able to um, progress to quote unquote move up the ladder uh, in a much more predictable way because you know the, the quality of work that somebody's doing, the quantity of work that somebody's doing will be easily measured, uh, overseen so that uh, those who are doing a good job are more easily rewarded as opposed to the dynamic that we've all felt in our careers where there was somebody who was being paid more than us, maybe higher ranking than us, that did less work and less quality. So I am optimistic about what it's going to look like in the future. Now, I believe, let me tell you why, I believe it's going to solve multiple problems that we've had in the world, you know, over the, over the past decade. If you're talking about physical labor, then we're going to be able to provide much more safety for the person doing the physical labor. We also are going to have much more real-time visibility into the amount of work that they are getting done. So uh, again, if we think about somebody that's an oil field worker that's driving around in a truck all day uh, looking at things, if there's absolutely no monitoring to what they're doing, they may only look at five things a day when they could have looked at 10 things a day. And so I like for physical jobs that we can you know, provide safety as some somebody is dehydrated, if somebody's heart starts to palpitate, if somebody's overheated, if somebody's blood sugar level is low. I like the fact that we can stop them from 
working with dangerous equipment uh, because we can see that maybe we know more uh, or will be more honest about admitting hey, where are they physically than they might be willing to admit. And we can keep them out of danger. In, in a more white collar world, a more office worker w- world, uh, where there's so much of it being knowledge work and it, it can't be seen visually at all, we can better measure people on what they're getting done. Again, it may be using surveillance AIs, right? It, it might be different kinds of technology than we have today, but still we would be able to have a much better measurement of what people are actually getting done in a day. Uh, you know, I think about knowledge workers, think about a programmer uh, or anybody who works with technology. A lot of times it can be difficult to see, to really see and understand if they're working hard and if they're getting anything done. You know, the when people write code, uh, it doesn't always mean that every single day they finish some piece of software and, you know, it, you can go look at it. And they might work on it for months before you see some quote-unquote finished piece of the product. Well, were they doing a good job for those months? Could they have done it a month faster? Were they kind of phoning it in? When we don't understand that, you know, then we're not really creating any kind of level playing field. I mean, I like when technology has the ability to measure something, when it can create a more fair situation for all concerned. In this case, I believe many employees are abused because they create more value for their employer than other people around them, and it's not recognized or rewarded. Uh, So technology just improves the capabilities uh, to have digital surveillance of workers' output so that we don't have that situation anymore. And I think we all, I mean, again, we all can look back and think about jobs we have now or jobs that we've had before, where there were people around us that just didn't work as hard, didn't didn't try the same way we do, uh, didn't put as much effort into it, maybe didn't even have the IQ that we have, yet those people were being paid the same or better because, hey, they were an E5, we're all E5s, without any recognition that, hey, there's a 100% difference between the people at the top of the E5s and the bottom of E5s with performance. All right, for leaders and organizations, the current environment with technology and knowledge work, it just makes it difficult to understand the value. So as we become more and more uh, a knowledge-based economy, it's going to get more and more difficult to see, you know, who is performing at a higher level than others, uh, other than just being able to look at output once something's way down the line. And we actually may want to watch it on, uh, on more of a daily or a weekly basis than, you know, waiting months to see what happens. Now, if you are once again listening to this, you know, uh, quantification series and you find it creepy and disturbing, uh, I understand. I mean, trust me, the quantified worker as I've described it will be in, or as I describe it, it will look like in the future. Uh, just no leaders and organizations are going to want this. But I also believe high value workers will want it also. The only group who will not want this and who will fight it are the workers who deep down inside do not intend to do a fair day's work, right, with their, uh, or for their employer. And so th- this whole series of quantifying things is all about the fact to make us think about what is this concept because it is absolutely coming. I mean, with the way that we are able to build wearables, with the way that we're able to build surveillance AIs, we're going to be able to watch everything. And trust me, when organizations and leaders can watch everything, they will. And we have to not have an initial knee-jerk bias of all I see is, uh, you know, a horrible invasion of my privacy as opposed to, hey, all I see is a world that is much more fair than what I see today as far as the value I bring to an organization. You know, again, I have talked for years about workers wearing wearables uh, so that we can see their physical status and keep them safe. You know, the, the biggest resistance that I get from this idea is from the workers who don't want the bosses to know that they're still hungover, you know, on drugs, on the edge of a physical condition based on their unhealthy lifestyle. You know, they claim none of this is their organization's business. 
business. In fact, the typical thing I hear is, hey, if I go out on Saturday and Sunday and uh, I'm partying uh, and I'm having a great time and yeah, sure, maybe there's some, you know, drugs or, you know, legal drugs, just drugs and alcohol involved. But, uh, you know, when it comes Monday, you have no right to judge me. You have no right to be able to see what I did over the weekend. I just don't agree with this because I think they're a danger to themselves possibly and others. And okay, you can do what you want on the weekend. I mean, that is your privacy time. We're not going to do any surveillance of you at all. But when you step, uh, you know, up to the plate on Monday morning to work for the organization and you're being paid to do a job, the organization does have a right to understand if you are physically, mentally, emotionally fit to do that job. I just believe that. Now, I would have no problem, me personally, working at an organization that measures everything I do and rewards me for this uh, or mentors me on what I can do better based on the data that it's getting. Then the only choice I would need to make is, is if I agree with their measurement system. If not, I can leave and find a place that I like their measurement system better. But I, I have never thought that I would have a problem with uh, any organization I work for knowing all kinds of details about my performance or about me when I'm on the clock for them. Now, I know this gets a little bit more messy when you say, all right, well, you know, what about people who are on salary? You know, there is no more on the clock, off the clock. I mean, it's the line between work and not work's become incredibly fuzzy. You know, uh, if I'm sending email on Saturday and Sunday, does the organization then have uh, an, a, a right to do surveillance on me over the entire weekend? I mean, I, I get it that this gets a little bit fuzzier at times, uh, but I, I guess what I want you to know is this is coming, you know, whether you think it's uh, crazy or not, this is, you know, the era of an absolutely quantified worker is coming. In the world of seeds are already planted, you know, I look at clients that we have that have warehouses, and there's one that I, I think of specifically, they move a lot of brown boxes in and out of their warehouse. Now, they have a scoreboard on the wall, a flat screen scoreboard on the wall that keeps track of the performance of their pickers, right? The people who are picking products out, packing boxes, right? The, the, the warehouse workers, if we want to say that. Because they have a flat screen that's got everybody's score on it, they also know what the average score for the day is, for the week is. They also know what the desired score is if they want to make more money. They want to move up in the organization. Now, is that a bad dynamic compared to 30 years ago where there was, uh, let's just say there's 100 workers and uh, there's a curve. In other words, there's some workers that are just absolutely outstanding. Uh, they work as efficiently, as hard as possible. They rarely ever take any breaks. Right? And then we have a, a big middle ground. Workers, they don't work as hard as they can, but they, you know, they work okay. And then we have the other end of the uh, of the scale, which are uh, workers who are awful, who they come and, and make it a, a, it's a sport to try to move as few boxes as they possibly can and hold their job. Now, there's always been a bell curve to performance like this, but when you have a flat screen up that's tracking the performance on everybody, you start to flatten that bell curve because you're, you're more easily able to say, hey, everybody who moves less than X amount of boxes, you're not going to be here anymore. I mean, that, that is going to be grounds for termination because we know you can. We've been measuring this for a while now. And then your workers who are able to consistently score above the average, okay, those are the workers that you know you can depend on to maybe move up in the organization. And you're certainly willing to pay them a little bit more. Uh, the workers who are average and they stay around average, great. We can keep them as team members. They're, you know, they're good team members. Uh, you know, they'll get raises when we do cost of living raises. Uh, they just may not get performance bonuses. I mean, we have had this, you know, for the last hmm, probably almost 10 years because it's so easy to measure the movement of brown boxes in and out of a warehouse. This is the world that we are going to move into. High surveillance and the quantified employee. All right, the next podcast is going to be about uh, quantifying the true 
truth of content. And so uh, this is actually going to be kind of the last in this series of quantification is uh, I now want to just talk about how do we solve the problem of all kinds of things being posted by all kinds of posters, uh, things being voted up, voted down, uh, and the growing problem of not understanding what content is true and what is not true. And the solution that I believe we'll have in the future will be some type of truth score for content. And I'm going to explain what that might look like, how it might work, why we need it, just so that we can be thinking about what happens in the future. When we start seeing that one to a hundred scale on every piece of content so that we can make a decision on whether it's something we should believe or not believe. So until next time, thank you for listening. Have a great Humology Day. Thank you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at sklasowski or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklasowski.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing, please take a moment and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents, and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism.